Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiaki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiaki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Wilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring fairy magic. We may need to put our shirts on inside out and backward. One of my Celtic shamanic teachers informed me after going in circles in the forest for over an hour. It was beyond frustrating. As I thought, I taught wilderness survival and was on search and rescue team. I prided myself in orienteering, yet here I was going in circles like a rank amateur. Granted, the terrain was flat, I didn't have a compass, and it was overcast, but I'd never been so disoriented, even under those conditions. I beg your pardon, I responded, positive I couldn't have heard him correctly. Our shirts. We need to take them off and put them on inside out and backward. Why? The fairies are messing with us. It's the easiest way I know to overcome their spell. Now I was really getting worried. I'd been studying with him for quite some time, and he'd always seemed very grounded and logical. This was neither grounded nor logical. You're not freaking out on me here, are you? I had to ask in my best wilderness guide voice. I was concerned he might be panicking, as many do when they get lost. He calmly looked at me with one raised eyebrow. After another 30 minutes of staggering around, I gave in. Okay, what were you saying about breaking spells? We need to put our shirts on inside out and backwards, he repeated. Fine, turn around. He obliged. We took off our shirts, turned them inside out, and put them on backwards. The sun immediately came out from behind the clouds, my head cleared, and I knew exactly where we were. After numerous such run-ins over the years, I eventually came to appreciate the fairy sense of humor. 
Humans can get overly serious about themselves and their human world dramas. Fairies are all about balance. They tend to bring us back into balance in a very coyote way. Knock us off our high horse. Find where we're ego-driven or prideful and give us a lesson or two. I can't say I've actually ever seen a fairy, but I sure have come to acknowledge their presence and their effect. I used to think of Tinkerbell-like creatures when hearing about fairies, and not even close. They're formidable earth spirits or elementals, dedicated to maintaining balance in the natural world. If a person is living in a balanced way, and few of us are at this point, they have nothing to fear from the fairy folk. If, however, we're living in imbalance to the point that we threaten the natural order, the fairy correction can be very profound and not particularly pleasant. Because of their dedication to balance, they can be formidable allies in spiritual healing work. All illness, whether it be physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual, is a result of some form of imbalance in our lives. By carefully and respectfully working with various spirits, we can regain our stability or bring balance to another. The key words here are careful and respectful. Working with fairies is not for the untrained nor for the faint of heart. Years later, I was teaching a wilderness retreat on Celtic shamanism. I'd been very thorough in instructing my students on the care needed when dealing with fairy folk. I'd implemented a buddy system for hikes and been sure to stress how important it was to ask permission when wandering in their world and to do so with respect and humility. One of the more, shall we say, independent male students went off alone on a hike during the midday break. He had good wilderness skills, so while I was mildly irritated, I wasn't overly concerned when he was an hour late returning. I was, however, getting ready to take my search-and-rescue train golden retriever and hunt him down when he finally showed up. He had leaves in his hair and was covered in mud, out of breath, with a wild look in his eyes. His shirt was on, inside out, and backwards. I didn't even ask. Our guest this hour, Melinda Carver, is an author and official psychic for the Tarot Guild. Melinda can communes with heavenly spirits, fairies, elves, and nature spirits in her healing practice. After this commercial break, I'm going to introduce Melinda, and together we're going to dance in the Celtic shamanic realm of heavenly spirits, fairies, elves, and nature spirits. So hang on to your shirt. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Prior innovative episodes can always be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. 
Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. Shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers its certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th, Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiyaka. Our guest this hour, Melinda Carver, is an author and official psychic of the Tarot Guild. Melinda communes with heavenly spirits, fairies, elves, and nature spirits in her healing practice. A radio show host, Melinda also appears on TV, presented at expos and conferences. Her articles have been published in several magazines. She's the creator of an award-winning magical product line, Melinda's Positive Products. Her upcoming book is due to come out spring of 2017. Melinda's website, www.psychicmelinda.webs.com. Melinda, thank you for joining us on The Science of Magic. Hello, thank you for having me on, Gwilda. I'm excited to be with you once more today. Yeah, it's fun to spend some time. Um, Would you mind telling us uh, about fairies? What are they exactly? Well, for some people, fairies are figments of imagination of children, but fairy stories have been found in all cultures across the country, uh, here in the United States and Canada, and also across the world. They're not just in Ireland and Wales, but stories of the fairies and what they've done with people have also appeared in Russia, China, with the Aborigine peoples, in Australia, South American tribes, African tribes, Iceland, all over the world. Fairies are nature spirits, and they're also live beings that you could find in nature. There used to be a lot more of them before we started destroying their habitats. And before we started having all these lovely chemicals across the world, the insecticide, pesticides, the fertilizers, all these also contribute to the lessening of the fairies in this world. They're physical beings, and when they die, they come back as a spirit, just like our loved ones do. When we die, we can come back to this world in a spirit form. So can the fairies and other elementals. So if they're physical beings, why is it that very few people can see them? because a lot of people don't want to see them. They come in all shapes and sizes. We come in all shapes and sizes and colors across the globe. So do the fairies. Some of them are small. They're the size of your finger. Some of them are the size of your hand. Others are the size up to your knee, or they're as tall as me, five foot, or as tall as your lovely producer, six and a half feet tall. So, um, the Native American tribes say that they re- learn how to shapeshift from these larger fairies that were confused as gods or goddesses or even angels. And a lot of people who have encounters with the larger fairies, if they're the winged fairies, they will think they're an angel or they'll think that the ones that without wings, the larger elves or the larger taller fairies without wings, are angels or a guide or just a person they've come across in the woods that's helping them get out of the woods. Got it. So, so where did you learn about them? I found fairies when I was a little girl growing up on the eastern suburbs of Cleveland. We had several big trees in our backyard, a lot of bushes. My dad had used river rock to make this huge terrace garden with a pond 
So I would see them when I was little as tinkling lights at first, about the size of my hand. And as I started paying more attention to these lights that were floating around the flowers and by the trees, I would then see the faces and the wings of the winged fairies or the little gnomes that live by the rocks and the crystals that we had in that garden terrace. And we also would see the wood sprites coming in the tree because I used to spend a lot of time climbing trees when I was a kid. And these faces would appear all of a sudden in the tree limbs or the trunk, and I would start hearing them. And that is how I started finding the fairies and elementals. So where did you learn to work with them? When I was little, they would do things like pull your hair if you got too high in a tree or if you accidentally stepped on one of them, you'd hear this ouch. And, you know, you get someone stuck on your ear or they'd be on your shirt or they'd give you a little nip or a little bite, you know, because you stepped on them or, or you weren't paying attention to them or they wanted to play and you wanted to go in the house and eat, a, eat lunch, you know. So <laughs> I've always been around them. And I started working them when I was little just to play with them. Um, We had dogs, which, you know, fairies love animals. So if you have a dog or cat, they'll come around your dogs or cats because your dogs and cats can see them. And we would play with them when I was little. And I started working with them a lot more um, 12 years ago when I rescued a dog from a shelter that was my Riley. And he would be in the backyard. He was about five or six months old when I rescued him. And he was badly abused, and I was working with him a lot in the backyard. And I would see these flashes of lights, and so the fairies in my backyard started playing with him. I could see them lifting his ears, cleaning his ears when he had an ear infection because I was asking for angelic assistance out there in the backyard and ended up receiving fairy assistance where there's no wind. And the dog was, you know, he was 40 pounds when he was a puppy large floppy ears. The ears were being lifted and flopped over his head one at a time, and you could just see all this muck from the ear infection from the shelter being cleaned out. These little baskets appearing in the air, and I started looking at it going, oh, my God, the fairies are back, because I hadn't seen them for a long time, because, you know, you want to be normal, and you want to have a real life with people, and you can't keep talking about fairies when you're an adult, because people look at you strange. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you work with them now in your practice? Well, I work with their frequencies. Everybody has a frequency, as you know, as you're a shaman, Gwilda. And the frequencies of the fairies are higher vibration than the humans. And I always tell people to start off that humans are like 92.3 FM on your radio dial. This is the easiest way for me to explain frequencies. Fairies are 40, I'm sorry, 94. Nine on the FM dial. So they have a higher frequency. So you have to listen closely and raise your energy. And sometimes people can only hear the sing-song voice. They can't make out the words because their frequency isn't adjusted to hear those voices. So when I work with them, I work with the frequencies of the fairies. I do a lot of elemental work in my backyard, and I channel a lot with the fairies. So the energies that they infuse me with help me with my own work. And anybody who works with crystals is working with elemental energy because those crystals or stones that they use in their energy healing practice is infused with the energy of the earth. And the crystal keepers are the gnomes and some of the elves and some of the fairies. So anybody who does a lot with crystals or has multiple crystals in their home already has elemental magic working for them because you're working with a natural element, you're working with the earth element, and that energy is a higher vibration, and that helps and assists people with a stronger healing session when they are using natural earth magic, such as crystals or stones. And so I've always incorporated those energy healings of the crystals and stones with my energy healings for the last 12 years when I started working with them. And it makes it a really strong 
energy that you're receiving and you're also using to work with to heal people. Most of the fairy elemental energies that I use works with helping people with emotional baggage and energy cords because that's a big specialty of mine is removing and reducing emotional baggage and energy blockages and energy cords from past relationships. So it's really, really strong and powerful. And some people feel faint or a little dizzy immediately after a session, but they feel so much lighter afterwards. So tell me a little bit, who would come to you? What, what, would, what would, say I I'm, would be prompted to come to you, say I feel like I've got emotional baggage. How would we dance with that? What would that look like? Well, in person, it's a little bit different than the ones that I do on the telephone or Skype because obviously in person, I can make it look really pretty. I can make a crystal grid around a person. I could use crystal wands or I could just open the energies or I do them in my backyard and the fairies, people can see the colors and the lights flashing around them. Uh, Most of the ones I do are group sessions or private sessions in person and a lot of them over the phone. The phone sessions, I'm actually putting an electric grid or an energy grid around them, and then I'm calling upon the local fairies in their area to come. You know, they have this telephone line, just like we do, of an energy. You know, fairies can communicate with other fairies. They don't need the actual technology we have. So I can use the ones in my backyard to contact the locals of that area that I'm working with to help and assist. And they usually do this for favors for each other. So when you work with the fairies, it's always best to be very specific on your request of what you'd like and to be respectful. If you say please and thank you, you won't upset the fairies. And there are a lot of people out there that go out in nature and they scream, fairies, fairies, where are you? Show yourself to me. Help me now. Well, you're being demanding. So if you're being demanding to a fairy, you know, when you're demanding to a human, a human's going to tell you to, you know, go jump off a bridge. You know, they're not going to help you if you're going to be nasty. Same thing with fairies. So there's a give and take of energy that I have to do with my local fairies, with the other local fairies, and then there's gifts usually honey water or oat cakes or something that is something they could use to replenish their energy that they're providing to me. Why, why do you go local? Why, why is that important, you're working with the um, fairies that are local to the person that you're working on? Because their energy vibration is specific to that area. So if I was working with you in the Colorado area, I would call upon the Colorado fairies and elementals because they are the ones that are in your frequency, your energy frequency on your ley lines. And if I try to send energy from here, from the Ohio area, it might not affect you as much as the energy that you're already walking and talking and sleeping and working in. So you get a little bit of blast of energy from me here anyways, but you get that additional earth energy healing from the places that you're walking and talking and sleeping in. And those energies from those fairies and elementals from that area help you a lot more because they can see you and feel you and they can send a stronger vibration to you versus me just doing it over the phone. So Which it sounds is still like pretty a... strong, but I like to, you know, amp it up. <laughs> <laughs> Use all the help you can get. So it sounds like it's a question of balance with the, the longitude and latitude where you are on the planet. Is that correct? Yes, because a lot of people move around. A lot of people grow up in one area and then move away, whatever country they live in. And sometimes you have roots in a new community. And that energy of that new community can help you, especially if you're having issues with moving to a new location. I work with a lot of people who move for work, and they don't know anybody in their area. So if you can deepen the roots and open those energy connections to those ley lines, that raises your vibration. So you're going to start attracting friends or opportunities or new events or new people into your life because you're adjusting to the frequency that you move to. And if you have a Buffalo, New York energy and you move to Boulder, Colorado, you're going to stand out and you might push people away because your energy does not match. That's Got why it. it's so important we're, to pay attention to those have, energies. We're going to have to take a quick break. Melinda and I will return to our discussion after this short break. You're listening to The Science of Magic on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. 
www.xzbn.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Previous broadcasts of thought-provoking episodes can always be found on our website, our gift to you, www.thescienceofmagic.net. We will be back, so don't you go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7, 365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Melinda Carver, author, 
official psychic of the Tarot Guild, and creator of the magical line Melinda's Positive Products. Melinda, what do you think is the greatest misconception about fairies? Oh, that they're cute and harmless and they're just fluffy little healers or fluffy little people that play hijinks games with you when you get lost in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, a lot they're of hardly experience that, but that's what they think that they're just going to get them lost in the woods. Like your earlier story. <laughs> yeah. Well, they can do that if they want to. That's a fact. Uh, tell us a little bit about elves and how they differ from fairies. Well, elves do not have wings. They live in the forests and woodland areas across the country and across the world. They are brown, tan, green colors. So their skin will look the similar colors of the earth tones, browns, greens, tans. And you will find them, they're a lot shyer than the winged fairies or the fairies that people are associated with. Elves have a little bit of flatter face. They have a little bit of a larger ear than a fairy. And they're a lot shyer, but their magic is just as strong because they do work in the earth element. And they don't work with the air element because they don't fly. But they are also shyer. There's less elves than there are fairies. Fairies are the most predominant race of the fairies in the elemental world. But the elves are there too. Elves do a lot with keeping the earth clean. They are the ones that help clean the forests and the woodlands and help new growth. They also do a lot with the wild animals and helping those birthing sessions. If there's a hard birth, if they come upon deer or elk or moose or bears that are having a difficulty birth, they'll be there to help them. They also nurture and assist hurt animals. And they're also the ones that try to keep animals out of traps by hunters or poachers or who do protection work to keep them unharmed. We could use some of those around here. It just opened up uh, hunting season. So. <laughs> and, and how about the nature spirits? What are they and how do they differ? Well, the wood sprites are what you consider the green man or the green woman. Wood sprites live in trees or bushes, anything that has a large trunk. They spend most of their time inside those trees, and they can pop out of the trees, and it's really interesting to see the faces form. If you look at a tree for a long time, and you're centered and balanced, and you're not desperately saying, show yourselves to me, then, you know, you will probably see a face starting to appear. They're very wary of humans because so many people have, you know, hurt them or taken them or cut down the trees and burnt them. So they're a little bit more warier. They're the watchers. So a lot of people will say they're walking in the woods and they're not paying attention now because, you know, everyone has an iPad or their cell phone and they're running and jogging and they're playing with music. So they don't get to hear the nature sounds. They're not paying attention to the nature trail that they're running into. But if you're quietly walking and you make an effort to speak to them and you're saying hello, you'll start to see faces appear. I've taken three fairy walks, three groups of people here in Ohio on fairy walks to meet fairies and gnomes and the wood sprites. And it's fascinating to watch adults and their children explore and come upon fairies and wood sprites. And the wood sprites live in those trees. They're so closely associated with the trees that when companies go and they log an area or there's a wildfire, we lose a lot of them. But they do come out, and they tend to the trees and the greenery and also help clean the air. So they're kind of like the cleanup guys, huh? Yes, they do a lot of cleanup. They get really disgusted with humans from all of our litter and the things that we leave behind. So I would ask, if you are going to go camping or hunting or you're going for a hike or a walk in the woods, don't leave your candy wrappers, cough wrappers, don't leave your bottled water, don't leave your six-pack plastic strips around. Take your garbage with you. Don't leave it behind because it really does affect those forests and woods and mountains that you hike in or camp in. You know, it's come to me that 
at least the way I describe power animals, helping spirits, that sort of thing. In one sense, they're very, very real and very, very solid to us. In another, they're a metaphor painted on the imagination to help us make sense to what we're picking up that's going on on the quantum level. How do you see fairies and wood sprites and that sort of thing relating to that definition, or do you? Well, they can come in a spirit form. So they are an energy. When they pass, they have their own version of heaven, which they call, you know, people call the fairy land or the land of the valley of the shadows or the valley of the pales. And they could come visit too. So on a quantum level, they can work with you and their spirit form, just like your spirit guides, your deceased loved ones or your angels. They can bring guidance to you. They can help you with your magical work when you're working with the air and the fire and the earth and the water. Or they can help you with healing or understanding what's going on or bring messages or give warnings. A lot of people who've gone camping, I've spoke to a lot of people who go camping, and they say they're awoken in the middle of the night. They see this strange being, whether the person has green skin or pink skin or red skin, and they are warned to hurry up and move. And that's when there's some kind of dangerous element coming through. Maybe there's a mudslide or a fire starts spreading from one campground to another. So they have these warnings, and sometimes they're just colors. They say they heard a voice in a red circle or a pink circle or a green circle. So those could be the spirit forms of these fairies and elementals telling us to move, because they're also the ones that tell the animals to move whenever there is danger, volcanoes, tsunamis, earthquakes. You see, the animals start to run before. A lot of them pick up that energy from the Earth's vibration, but also because those local elementals are shouting run and are herding the animals away. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal, uh, a lot of the reports that we had during that one big tsunami we had some years back, how the only animals that stayed and got hit by the tsunami were the ones that were either caged or locked in. Everybody else went to high ground. But the people yeah. are out there running out in the bare ocean bed, snatching up fish, like what goes out must come back in. You know, we're so disconnected. So um, that's what you're saying is that the um, animals are hearing the warning from the earth spirits? Yes, they do. Because they are the, you know, the earth keepers. They are the light keepers of this planet. Fairies are found only here on earth and when they're spirit form. So when they're spirit form, they could go visit other realms. But this earth only has the fairies and the elementals. They're of this earth. They were here before humans were placed here. And they are the ones, the watchers. They are the ones that clean up and do healing energy. They are the ones that you know, get upset with us when we damage nature or we cause destruction. And they do all they can to help protect the natural world. And this is plants and trees and flowers, and they also protect the various types of animals. They do what they can. Their numbers have been dwindling because humans have taken over so much of the planet, and there is so much destruction with our chemicals and our need to cover everything in cement and build up on things. So there's a lot less places for these fairies and elementals to live now than even a century ago. Well, you know, I'm familiar with uh, a lot of the Celtic traditions, as well as, of course, my original teaching was Native American. Um, and in the Native American, they call them the, the elementals or the spirits of nature, nature spirits. Um, and, of course, fairies in the Celtic tradition. What other traditions do they come from? What, what all have you heard about? Well, the Aborigines have stories of fairies and elementals teaching them magic, teaching them how to choose plants and vegetables to eat that are not poisonous to them. They've also were told when to call animals. When there was too large of a herd for the area, they would do more hunting than to feed themselves based on what these elementals told them. They've also stories in Aborigines and Native American cultures, plus some of the Celtic stories, that fairies have taught them music. Music is a natural sound found in nature, and humans replicate this natural music that we hear from the birds with their wind instruments, and they use their wood instruments, whether it's a violin, a bass, or a guitar, to try to bring those 
rustling of the trees or the branches or all the different nature sounds because nature sounds are healing. And whenever you could stand outside in the sun or on a beach or in the water or in the woods or a cave, you are going to experience natural energy healing for whatever is going on with you. You just sit quietly or stand quietly and you could attune to the energy on that ley line or that location and with the nature spirits there. So people who work outside tend to be more healthier because they're attuning themselves to nature and they're walking and working in nature versus those that are cooped up in tall sky rises. A lot of people in sky rises get sickly a lot. A lot of coughs and colds and sinus infections is from the forced fake air that we have to live with, with the humidity. And <laughs> these people who work outside, <clears throat> a little bit more hardier. They have less breathing problems because they're out in nature and they can work in there. Or the people who spend a lot of time on retreats at, like, your beautiful retreat center. You know, they're healthier. The energy is more vibrant than if you go to a downtown location, which is covered in cement and asphalt and sky-high buildings. So the, the, the nature spirits kind of represent and stand for and work like the balance that can be found in nature that human beings seem to have separated themselves from. Is that what you're saying? Yes. In the old days, in ancient ways, we were really attuned. We knew where the directions were, like seamen, knew how to navigate the seas based on the star's location and the earth's location, you know, I'm sorry, the moon or the sun's location. And we were attuned to the planting season and the tides of the moon. Everybody who was in farming back, way back when, knew the tides of the moon. They knew the waning, the waxing, the full, the dark side of the moon. They knew when to plant and not to plant, when to harvest and let, let lay follow. We're not attuned to those natural energy tides for our sun and our moon anymore unless you are working in shamanic energy or energy healers or some of the ancient tribes that are still existence in small pockets in South America, Africa, and Australia. And we don't really work with that natural energy anymore because we have watches to tell us the time and our cell phones and our laptops and our computers. So we're all based on technology now and we're not based on the seasons or the elements of air, fire, water, and earth anymore because we are living in these big, huge apartments or mansions or houses, and you're not living on the land. You know, we go to the grocery store to purchase food and drinks, and we're not hunting and feeding and giving back. Exactly. You know, we're, we're going to have to pick up on this on the other side. It's time for another break. Melinda and I will be back on the flip side of this commercial break. You're listening to The Science of Magic on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, the place where altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. You can also always listen to previous transformative broadcasts on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did 
you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7-365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What Happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. 
Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiaka. This hour, our guest is Melinda Carver. She's the author of, um, she's an author and the official psychic of the Tarot Guild and the creator of Magical Product Line. Melinda, have you ever heard of the She People? Mm, is that the like the salty people, like the people who turn into seals? Um, no, actually, the She People are fairies, but all fairies aren't She People. The She People are considered the kings and queens of the fairies, and they are really the ones that are responsible for maintaining balance. So they're, they they kind of like the big stick. And this is in Celtic tradition. I just wondered if you'd heard of those, or maybe you've heard them by a different name. Well, normally, I've heard from the locals that I work with, the local fairies, and the ones I've talked to in other countries through my energy lines, links with these fairies, of the queens or kings, but I've never heard them called the Shea people. So I know there's different words for them. They'll just call them the one that knows or she who knows, and that's usually one of the titles. Yeah, the she who knows, that, that fits right in there. I wonder, because that's an ancient, ancient, ancient Celtic, um, you find it everywhere if you go back in a lot of the Celtic traditions around fairies. And uh, there's a lot of uh, fear associated with, you don't want to mess with these guys, because as long as you're in balance, it's all good. But if you're not in balance, they can be downright ornery. So I wondered if you'd heard of them. Yeah, it says, uh, she who knows and he who knows. I've heard of them. And a lot of people tend to forget that fairies are an ancient race, and they're very courtly, meaning they're very well-mannered, and you need to treat them and speak to them in respect and with respect, saying please and thank you and provide gifts, and never, ever lie to a fairy because you will piss them off, and that's when they'll play their hijinks or take their luck away from you. Uh, they're very specific and literal. So if you promise a fairy something, you better provide that statement and promise. Otherwise, they're going to not work with you again, and then you'll get your bad luck back. They're very do specific without, on that. <laughs> I, could, I could do without bad luck back. That's a fact. Yes. <laughs> so let, let's, let's, let's talk about heavenly spirits. How do you define them, and what sets them apart from the ones we've been talking about? Well, the vibration, again, is what, what separates them. So we're humans, 92.3 FM. The fairies are 94.9. So your deceased loved ones and your spirit guides are 96.9 on that FM dial. And then you have your ascended masters that are around 102.1. And then the angels are 107.9, the last frequency before God, goddess, universe, whichever your belief. And the, the frequencies, is the tuning to the frequencies, I've seen the dead as crystal clear as I see the living since I was a little kid. When I was little, when I was like four or five, I didn't know the difference between a dead person and a living person because they looked the same to me. You know, they had full form, they, <laughs> they walked, spoke, they were just looked a lot younger. Maybe they'd shapeshift into what people knew them as when they were older. And so I had tuned to that energy to speak to them. So if I'm speaking to someone's deceased loved one or spirit guide, I attune to that higher frequency. If I'm working with an ascended master, that's an even higher frequency. The energy around them is warmer or cooler depending on the frequency I'm talking to. So that helps me between the color, the person coming forth, and the frequency will tell me if this is a deceased loved one, a spirit guide, ascended master, or angel. Um, what part did he- you've made a product line? Um, what part did heavenly spirits, fairies, elves, and nature spirits play in creating that line? Well, I've been making a. I used to call it my positive mix, which is now my fairy dust line. <laughs> the last seven years, um, I made it before I used to use different ingredients that I hand grind and mix together, and then I energy charge it. And I've been making that. It was just something that has come to me and it's been shown to me in many past lives that I've done the same thing and made the same 
type of mixtures. And it's just the memory that follows me from past life to past life. And what's it used for? Um, The fairy dust helps raise vibrations. It brings positive energy, and it helps to attract fairy magic to your home or any location that you sprinkle it. It helps raise the energy of your buildings, your businesses, your home, your personal self, and it helps you to see those spirits, whether you want to work with fairies or elementals or if you're trying to speak with your deceased loved ones or working with angels. You have to have a higher vibration. You need to clear the energy away from you and your home, and that's what my cosmic dust does. And the fairy dust helps raise those vibrations because the higher vibration you are, the more you could see, hear, and speak to the world of spirits, whichever form of spirit you'd like to speak with. Got it. And where can people find your services and your products? They can go to psychicmelinda.webs.com. The products are also available at Amazon and at 39 stores across the country and in the Caribbean. Nice. When you're making products, do you set up sacred space and cast a circle before you start working on them? Well, I keep a, a sacred space constantly because I have people coming here for classes and readings, and I'm always doing something. I don't cast a circle necessarily, but my space is always cleansed and at the highest vibration. I need the highest vibration because I'm energy charging those products. So I want to make sure that I'm not angry or upset about anything. If I'm upset or frustrated, I will not make any products because that energy goes into them. So I always make sure that I'm calm and balanced and have a high frequency. Then I begin to make my mixtures and potions and products (laughs) so that that energy is the highest vibration because these are going to people who are using them for specific purposes of clearing energy and raising their vibrations. And I want that to work for them, and I've had very wonderful testimonials from people who've used them and repeat purchases over and over. Great. Um, So what advice do you have for people interested in working with heavenly spirits, fairies, elves, and nature spirits? Well, adjust your energy. Clear your energy is the first and foremost. Go for a Reiki attunement or polarity or quantum touch or have a shamanic journey where you clear and let go of things that you no longer wish, negative patterns, negative thought forms, energy cords, energy blockages. Remove those because all those items will help sabotage you and put like this mesh around your ability to speak or work with those spirits. So attuning and clearing and attuning is the number one suggestion I would give people. And then quiet your mind and listen. And whether you use meditation or you sit out in nature, you need to turn off your phones, your TV, your computers, because those energy impulses from those, you know, equipment are going to block you. So attune yourself, quiet your mind and listen. And spirit always comes in a subtle form. It's not Moses coming down from the mountain with a staff, striking the Red Sea and saying, part so we can cross. You know, people want this big, huge miracle shown to them for their spirit connection. And it's subtle. It could be a bird that's never been in your neighborhood, a butterfly that you've never seen before in the shapes or colors. It could be the messages in the clouds. It could be uh, feathers that flow down and land at your feet or coins. It's subtle and small. And those small, subtle signs, you need to be open and ready to see them. So how, how how does one really get started here? Would you say that has to do with the clearing the uh, lower frequency aspects like you were talking about, like uh, stuck emotions or, or parts of our physical body that aren't um, healthy or balanced? Yes, I would. If you're not natural born medium like myself where I've had it since I could walk and talk and breathe, you then have to work at it which means adjusting your energies and your frequencies because it is a frequency communication. If you're stuck with low self-esteem, you're super depressed, you're an angry person, you are not going to connect with that spirit realm no matter how hard you try because your energy is not attuned. You're not ready. You're, you're stuck in victim mode or you're stuck in this energy of I hate everybody and that blocks you and most people sabotage themselves with their stuck emotions and energies. So clear that out. That helps you ready and balance yourself to be able to speak to those frequencies and see them and sense them 
or feel them. You're, you might not get all three. You might just be able to sense that a spirit is next to you. Or maybe you just smell your grandmother's cologne or your mom's favorite dish that she baked or cooked for you. It's those small, subtle signs that help give you hope and that connection to that other side. So in other words, we really have to stop, look and listen and, and settle into different messages we, we normally ignore, right? Like real subtle stuff. Yes, it could also be numbers. Uh, angels speak a lot in numbers. You'll see double, triple, quadruple numbers like 111, 777, 88. You'll see these double numbers. And if you look up the number meanings of these online or on numerology books, you'll be able to tell if you're getting support. So if you see an 88, there's usually abundance and creativity. If you see a 111, there's Angels are supporting you. They're sending you inspiration and help. If you're seeing a, a 666, a lot of people get freaked out by uh, doubles or triple or quadruple sixes. It's not a double number. Sixes is a number of the chaos is ending. Peace is coming into your life. So enjoy it. You're getting assistance and allow us to continue to assist you through this chaos. A peaceful time of hope is coming. So That's the good to know. You know, we're too. out of time, my friend. It seems like it's flown. I can't thank you enough for being with us. Thank our you, guest is our, our guest this hour has been Melinda Carver. She's an author, official psychic of the Tarot Guild. Her website is www.psychicmelinda.webs.com. This has been The Science of Magic. Remember, you can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you walk in the land of fairies. Show.